Roger. Yeah, I think he's pulling the wrong one. I'm just... Okay, I'm ready to pull it down now. There was still a little bit uh, left in the... Okay, don't hold it quite so tight. Okay. Yeah, what? Hi! Welcome to the podcast. This is how it's going to start. Welcome to Live to Tape here on the Executive Buffet Network. We're streaming and podcasting and simulcasting in 3D, HD, FM, TOC, all formats right now here direct to your drive, listening, speaker, headphone setup currently right now all the time. If you want more stuff from this zone of listening check us out on patreon it's patreon.com slash live to tape that's patreon.com slash live to tape also you can check me out on twitch it's twitch.tv slash just my nipples that's j-u-s-t-m-y-n-i-p-p-l-e-s not nipple but nipples it's plural that's twitch i'm streaming multiple times a week Today, my guest in the podcast is an outrageously hilarious comedian, outspoken, genius, bon vivant, world traveler, highly stylish as well. You're going to love it. It's an outstanding conversation with comedian Robbie Hoffman. Robbie Hoffman, she's stepping into the executive buffet. You're never going to believe what she say. But you're gonna believe it Cause you're gonna hear it right away Also, if you want to email the podcast It's live to tape podcast at gmail.com That's live to tape podcast at gmail.com Send me stuff Alright, here we go Let her rip, rip a dip, tip a lip, script a ship Gymnast, Canadian. Yes. Robbie Hoffman. Yes. Hi, Robbie. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Furthest thing from the gymnast, <laughs> but I do appreciate the shout out. I, 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 I you know, you could be a gymnast if you wanted to be, though, right? You think? No, I actually, I, I don't think I could. I don't think that's true for a lot of Jews. I think really? okay. I think it's one of those things where it's it's you. We were taught very uh, early you can't actually be everything you want to be. You know the Olympics okay, really? not something pushed on the Jewish people, for instance. See, we had something. Uh, we didn't have be all you can be. We had like you can't do anything. Yeah. Oh yeah. My mother would say you yeah. think you're special. You're not. <laughs> like it, like end end of story. Like there was nothing. Like I I got into high math. You know I don't know ninth tenth grade. I started doing really well in math and like. Right? 
and we needed the TI-83 cap. Did you have this oh, TI-83 Hell yeah. Okay, so it was like, was like a $150 calculator, something like that. Right. So I get into the high math, like I'm doing grade 10 in ninth grade, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I need this TI-83. And, and my mother you goes, can't you, do, can't you do another math? Can't you do a different math? Like a cheaper like, math? Yeah. Like, can't you do the other math? Not the, the regular math. That We want the regular program. And I'm like, who discourages their child excelling at math? That's pretty funny. I've never heard that before. I've heard everything else, but never math. Yeah, I've heard well, math discouragement. That seems like the one thing where you're kind of like, yeah, I think we can get behind the math, the math yeah, thing. I had to go to the, I was talking with an old friend recently about this. It's so funny that like, I just talked about this this week because she remembers um, I had to go to the office, like the principal, mm -hmm. they had really nice secretaries and I told them the situation and they were like, here's a calculator. This is yours. You can have it for the entire year. We won't tell anyone. I was like, thanks lady. Like, I don't, I'm not in like, it is what it yeah. is, but she felt like, you know what I mean? Like they really love to be like, um, charitable, you know what I mean? This was this lady's like this girl yeah. came in, she's good at math. She doesn't have the calculator. There's no means we're going to get her the calculator. This is you in know. Canada. Yeah. Where in Canada did you grow up? Montreal. Montreal. Yeah, That's right. A, a little Jewish school in Montreal. Shout out to yeah. Alex. That's something I learned about when I was there. I think that, I don't know, one of the times I was there, someone was telling me about what a large Jewish community that Montreal has, but also it's one of the last uh, places in Amer in North America to have like a, what do they say? Um, yeah, then something happened in the 70s where it's like they tried to expel the, a large portion of the Jewish community, like something where it's like, yeah, there's a it seemed like it wasn't real. Yeah, no, it's, well, it's it's not it's not specifically targeting. Um, it's right. not overtly targeting the Jewish community. It's the Anglophone community. So okay. Quebec has this thing. Montreal is in Quebec, which is a province in Canada for people who mm -hmm. don't know any of the stuff of province is like a state. Um, we just call states provinces. There's 10 of them. And then there's three territories, which I guess are in the U.S., we also have that. What do we have with with we have, we have some, territories? Yeah, we have some territories, and we have some like areas, like Washington D.C., for instance, is a yeah. district. You know, so it's, these, a no, it's a non denominational district. Yeah. So the territories are are um, they're definitely outlined, but they have different rights and things and attributes yeah. to them. But um, Montreal's in the province of Quebec, and Quebec is historically a French province. Right. Um, they've lost a lot of that fringe because it Montreal is also a super pro-immigrant place. Canada mm -hmm. in general is very pro-immigrant, so things evolve over years. Now, the French uh, majority there in Quebec is constantly fighting for national for nationalism to have its own state to do kind of what texas has brought up doing separating from the rest of the u.s and just right. being its own country that so is what quebec French. has wanted um for years the problem is the biggest city in quebec is montreal and without montreal and you montreal happens to, it's a big city so and it's 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 almost half english 40 percent, i think and my numbers correct me if i'm wrong i don't want to hear an email i don't care Okay, but um, it's 40% English, which happens to be mostly made up of Jews, Italians, oh. um, 
English minorities typically, or uh, no, English ethnicities. Mm-hmm. Um, so the English folks there happen to be a lot of them Jewish and a lot of them Italian, though Italians did much better th- with French than we did. We, we kind of kept to our, our indigenous languages of Yiddish and Hebrew and stuff like that. Um, and they assimilated much better, I think, with the French. So yes, it looks like, first of all, it, it is both. They're trying to get rid of Anglophones. Are a lot of Anglophones in Montreal Jewish? Yes. Does that mean okay. there's... So that's why it looks like that, like that, like that. Um, and it's a bit of everything. I mean, I remember... We're always bringing up the referendum. It's like it's like Quebec thinks that people care. Like, nobody worldwide. But when I was last in Montreal, I went to McGill in Montreal. It's not nothing. Um, and uh, I was there. There was this there was this premier of Montreal or Quebec, or I don't even remember Mm -hmm. the politics now, but this Pauline Marois was, was vying for this nationalism again when I was there. That name sounds very nationalist, by the way. Pauline Marois. Yeah. She was. We must have a single language. This is one language. I used to joke that I was voting for the separation, that I was voting in pro nationalism because I needed an excuse to get out. Like I was ready for the right. push out, so I was just going to help them. <clears throat> so, yeah, I remember there was one story about the Jewish General Hospital, which is a hospital, a very good hospital in Montreal. And this was brought up recently in the most recent nationalistic debate that is still going on, um, in which they wanted to change the name, I think, to something more innocuous, like the, the Montreal General Hospital, something like that, from the Jewish General Hospital to the, like the Montreal General Hospital. Right. And the hospital reminded Montrealers why it was called the Jewish General Hospital to begin with, mm-hmm. <clears throat> because there was this, um, there was a time when Jews could not just go to any the hospital. hospital. They weren't allowed to go to other hospitals, so they set mm-hmm. up their own hospital. And in typical Jewish fashion, it ended up being a very good hospital. So now suddenly, you know, the general population wants to claim it. So um, it still remains the Jewish General Hospital. So that's that. Wow. So it's the referendum was in the seventies. The first one, I believe, was in the seventies. Then okay. one in the nineties. Then one they tried to do one when I was there. Uh, I don't know. Wow. Mid, like, They're still trying so hard. These Quebecois. <clears throat> yeah. The Quebecers. I don't know why I have a little bit of a scratch. I tried to have a cigarette yesterday. Tried to. Well, yeah, when I'm, but it makes me nauseous, and then I get a little scratch. But anyway, how? Oh, where are you? Are you? Uh, you said you're. Uh, you're not in quarantine. Quarantine. I can't say where I am. I'd rather okay. not. But um, but yeah, I am quarantining for some work. So I'm. Are separate. you in a in a? I'm in an Airbnb. In, okay, so you're you're in a transition phase. I am. I have to do because you have to do that right now. That's the way you have to do everything. Is you have to if you go someplace, yeah, you have to stay someplace. Uh, how strict are they about you staying where you are? Incredibly strict. So can you leave the room? Well, I have an apartment. I can. I right. can't leave the apartment. No, I went to the you stairs can't go to try and have a cigarette. Not really. You're not allowed to walk outside, but I can sit on the God, stool. I have a little. Isn't that stoop. fucking crazy? It's cooped. It's cool. How far are I'm you doing jumping right? jacks. I do a five-minute yeah. workout, just the most. You talk about athleticism, never in my life. However, for healthy, for he- you know, mm. health sake, I'm doing 
about 10 push-ups. I'm getting like, I, I'm, I'm like getting eight. So like the last two, I'm like, it's more like a plank. I'm like, that's step. not bad. Not bad. Then I'm doing like these punches. These knee push-ups or these foot push-ups? No, these are foot. Full. So full foot Yeah, I never knew how to do the knee ones. I always well, feel like it's not, I don't know. I never learned that, the new one, so I don't really know the new one, but I know the new one's an option. But it's just, a compromise. I okay, I can't it's a guarantee you my can't form do a full one. On, the, on the knee one. That's great, though. A foot push-up is always better than a knee push-up. That's what a I figured. You is... can't feel the other ones, I feel like. you're just Well, that means push. you're so strong that you're not, it's like, oh, this feels like nothing. So that's what that means. There's people who a knee push-up is like, ooh, this is difficult. I'm actually a lot stronger than I look. Like I could do a pull up if I had a pull up bar. I used to be able to do eleven pull ups. Now this is a few years ago. I haven't done pull ups oh, in a while. Just roll this back here. We're talking about pull ups or chin ups. There's a difference. Like what's the one with the bar and you go pull yourself up? Under, if you're gripping like this, under grip with your palms facing your that's face, it's a chin up. That okay? That's all I can do. This is a pull up. Palms no, out. I, I, I can't do not even one. Yeah, pull ups are very one difficult. Like this, many like this. Yeah, that's, a, and that's about right. And then I do jumping jacks. So I do crunches, a little bit of push-ups, and then as many jumping jacks as I can do. Some of it's 100 jumping jacks. I mean, it's like, I don't even count them. I'm doing a million. So you're stuck in there because you have to get some physical movement, otherwise you'll just wither, right? You're like an astronaut. Yeah, and the thing is, is I can go a long time without any physical movement. Oh, I'm so, the opposite. I have like a, I have an issue. No, I, I feel think like that's if I healthy. don't, I wish I wish I had more. Like, I wish I had more in me to propel me to do more physical stuff. But I, I just don't. I'm good for months without any physical activity. I don't wow. feel it. I know I should do it, but I don't have those sensors yeah. that make me feel um, a way that people feel when they don't exercise. And I really well, wish I, I feel did. sick. I feel like physically ill. No, I, I, like, I, uh... I, I would I would welcome a physical illness feeling to no to propel me to do it otherwise i literally like unless you're like telling me like i have friends telling me like you should move yeah and like not for nothing but a couple of my friends are doctors so i take it's a friend but it's also it's a good friend to have it's it's a friend plus plus damn so how much longer do you have to stay in this uh this condition one more week so you've been a week in a week in just about so it's 10 days. Usually it's 10 days, right? No, 14 days. God. Have you seen the movie The Mule? It's not the not the new one with Clint Eastwood. It's an Australian movie. It's no. the guys who um you should watch it while you're doing this. It it's kind of like an allegory story. Is it not, fiction? It's uh based on a true story, but it's, you know, it's a it's a it's a narrative movie. Right. It's Australian too, so it's always nice to see. I, I just fucking love Australian movies because it feels like it's like you're getting to see America, but it's like a weird version of it. You know what I mean? But I don't know how much of the accent I could do Australia. What do you mean you don't like it? It's a lot for me. Like it's like distasteful, or it's I, I, uh... there's something in my ears. It doesn't. It, it, it's it's like you know that disorder I read in the Times. Somebody sent me this actually when I was a writer's okay. assistant. My first job, like in writing, like anything. Right. I sat outside like the head writer showrunner's office and I was like ready. You know what I mean? And he was the best. And and then the like assistant showrunner. So I sat right after right outside their office. So I was like milling with all like we had like transport, we had like PAs and stuff like that. Right. And the transport guy and I it it didn't work. Okay, it didn't work. It's like okay. That's common. A dick, a dick, not good. Right? So it was like this. 
He sent me an article one day because he was always like, sometimes you would have to go somewhere. Like I would be like, mm-hmm. oh, I got to go to set because my boss asked me to bring this to that. He'd be like, this is going to be right. traffic. I'm like, yeah. It's like, that's the job. Like I assume there's traffic. Like you transport. Like, well, he's trying to say, oh, we like, can't go because there's he's traffic. Like, yeah, we can't he go. Would, he's always like, anyway, we, but bottom line, whenever he did anything, and he's not wrong about this, it's a little bit my fault, a little bit his, mostly his fault, a little bit my fault. I would like literally, like if he made a sound, I'd be like, Like, I, I couldn't with his noises. I truly couldn't get, like, I would have to be proofreading and doing a lot of the stuff that you do as writers isn't, you know, looking for very fine mistakes. And if he would be chewing or something, it would... You hear it. It would send me, like, and it's actually, like, a disorder. He sent me this article. He's like, I actually concerned for you. Like, you might have this thing with sound. <clears throat> and I think Man, I have that no no shade to Australian folks. Hello, and I plan to come there, and I would love to do festivals there and this and that. But your sound is something. It's not even me. It, it's one of those sounds that's on that list for me of things that I don't know. I don't know. How was the driver Australian, or that was not? He was no, not Australian. No. But he had some sort of like a tone of his voice. That no, was his like... was nothing. I didn't like any of his sounds, but I put, when he sent me that article, Australian accent went on the list of those sounds that to no oh, fault I... of my own. I don't want Australian it's people here. It's like, I want to like it too. Maybe I'll watch them. You'll, I'll do that thing. Like when people have fears, they do the fear. Yeah, you confront they don't it. have the fear. Maybe I'm going to watch the mule. And maybe I'll be into uh, this accent for a long time. So we'll see. I mean, it's full Aussie. Everyone's full, it's full on Aussie. Eh? It's it's Australian all the way. Oh it's my! Guy, my right that's all I can do, and I do that all the time. Here we are. There's yeah. a dog walk in the background there. Eh? Well, yeah. That's a bit New Zealand. I can I always end up doing New Zealand if I try to do it. Wait, so the, the driver he wasn't Australian. He just had like a the way he sounded was he had nothing to do with. So you're conflating. So he. Sh- his sounds that he made eating, doing whatever he right. was doing, those bothered me. He sent me an article. Like, it's not like that he shouldn't be worried about his sounds. Like, I was the one with the problem right. with this but sensory thing. And then on it- that list, I remember, then every time I've heard Australians, I have that same reaction where I can't really, really? work, I can't do anything. And maybe because I have PTSD, because I worked in Banff, Alberta, for a uh-huh. summer, and I worked under this Australian dude. When I oh, like- that could be it. You know what? That actually happens. Uh, my wife worked with some British guy who she hated. And now whenever she hears any kind of British accent, she's just like, Ugh, I just hate those people. Yeah. Maybe I have, like, we have a PTSD. <laughs> like, he was so crazy, this guy. I believe his name was Jimmy. He was, like, very good looking in a way that, like, I was never. And I always used to be intimidated by good looking guys. Mm-hmm. Like I look cute and now I fit the demographic where it's good how I look. But for a while, when I was in like the regular world, it was like, like, what was I doing with God? Like, anyway, he was like one of these guys who was like cute. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. like, I don't really know what to do with a good looking dude. Uh-huh. Um, and and, and he, we just, it was like, I, I, I don't know. I can't even explain the dynamic, but he was like very bossy and very into our minimum wage job. Cause he was like a system manager or something. It's like, dude, I, I'm enrolled at McGill university. I, I don't want to alarm you, but I'm going to be out of here in three months. Okay. There's some right. for me. I need a little bit of cash. 
to afford textbooks and stuff. And that's it. Like, this is not a career cafe job for me. And he was like constantly like talking about our evolution. I'm like, there's no evolution. You've got to work I here a bit longer. You've got to have even an evolution in the job here. Robbie, I'm worried <laughs> yeah. about your career. Literally, that was him. And I would be like. Robbie, will you sit down for a moment here? We'll have, have a bit of brekkie and talk about this. Yeah, literally. I think there's something that you've got to think about when it comes to your career here. If you're going to keep working. It was wild. <laughs> if you're going to keep like, working here. You've got to figure it, figure it out. I know he kept being, and like he would be like, you know, there'll be like a ten percent, a ten cent raise, and I'm like, okay, there'll be a like, ten cent rise, you love it. I'm like, okay, like I, I never knew when it was happening, and he was like, you know, you're paid every fortnight, and I'm like, it's so is that soon. tomorrow? Like, when are we paid? Like, what is fortnight? And it's every fortnight, two weeks. It's every two weeks. It's a Shakespeare thing. You should look it up. Have so you tried looking like, at Shakespeare, Robbie? No, Shakespeare hated Jews. I'm not doing it. Well, I, I, I never really think bad about Jews and Shakespeare. I actually quite like, like Jews quite a bit. So I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, Robbie. You've got to think about your career here when you're saying these things I to know. me. <laughs> I literally am getting PTSD right now. Oh. I actually can't. God, that's funny. I think that I think the, the transport thing also with the transport driver sound, there's a lot of transport drivers are gross. So that also could be a part of it too. He was everything that like, you know, and he wasn't even like that. Like he's actually like, we all, we worked together. Like I ended up like really working on that show. I became a writer, yeah. staff writer, and he became head of transport. Like we both worked up <laughs> in our, in our respective fields on the show. Right. And so there was like times where it was like, now we can't disrespect each other. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm no longer just a writer's assistant. I'm now like a staff writer. I'm sometimes doing other things. He's he has two guys who drive for him. Like it's like at a point where we can't just be like we're both. You know, like we we. So it got to the point where it's like if I asked him to take me somewhere, he had to, and he also wouldn't say no to because it's like I actually have a. You know what I mean? We have Guess bigger roles now. So it was like we got to a place where, like, I do remember I asked him about a U-Haul suggestion, which is a very lesbian thing to do. <laughs> but, like, I was, like, looking into, like, going cross-country and right. was there a way to rent possibly a U-Haul? And we had a great discount at the show on vehicles and stuff like that. And so that was, like, one project we worked on, him, like, helping me, us discussing u-haul or various other options so that's where we left it we left it at a pretty good place um, did he ever talk about how you how uh how you sound to him he for sure hated me he also sent me a really anti-semitic uh he's serious he sent me this article what was the article it was the article what article where... going on here Multiple yeah, no, I said. know we were on the G chat a lot. It was an article of, I forget what it was, but some like white supremacist with like Nazi flags showed up at some, something, some concert. Right. I don't remember what it was. And he goes, what do you think of this? And I was like, what, what do you mean? What do I think? I think it's horrific. I don't want to see swastikas in present day. What he, You're is asking he like, a Jew oh, just checking, what they think just of like swastika. He's like, but do you think, you know, in other countries it means this? I'm like, are you using the, in in India, it's a piece? Like, what are you saying to me right now? You're asking a Jew 
what they wow. think of having to see swastikas front page of something again. It's, it's called swastika conversion therapy. It's yeah. something they've been doing for a long time now. So I don't really, I don't know if he realized just how, mm. you know, how aggressive that is and how anti-Semitic, I mean, I know he for sure is anti-Semitic and I haven't helped, like, I know if anything, he maybe wasn't anti-Semitic and then met me. And that is a risk with me. You know, I'm, I'm very polarizing at times. And so I'm not always the best example of, of, of the people. And there's a risk that if I'm one of the first Jews you're meeting or getting close to, it's not going to be good. <laughs> there's no gonna... way in hell that, that you're the first Jew that he met if he's a, if he's a transpo driver. But really possible. talking to. Like, I don't okay. think this guy, I think he, like, lived in his mother's bait. Like, I don't think he was really talking yeah. to a lot of girls, a lot of, like, anyone who wasn't from his small town. Yeah. Like, none of that. So I do think, like, the first Jew, and I happen to be very Jewish. So for it's a lot. I did have a PA mm -hmm. on that show once ask me, are you Jewish? And I took that as a compliment that I could maybe pass as otherwise. I have no <laughs> idea. I feel like the same way. If someone asked me that, I would be like, oh, that's nice that you think I'm Jewish, but I'm not. Yeah, I thought it was nice. They thought I possibly wasn't Jewish. I'm like, wow, this is a whole new avenue for me. This means I could, you know, maybe blend in somewhere. But you could be Jewish. You could not be Jewish just as easily as you could be, don't you think? I think uh, it's it's getting it's getting to a tipping point with me right now. I think, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have like a, a, an especially large nose or any of those really, you know, those stereotypes. Um, but culturally, you embrace it pretty heavily. I do embrace it You're very it much like heavily. it's part of your identity. Yes, I'm very Jewish. Yeah. Jewy. So See, I've I, always I been know. jealous of to, that. I'd have to try not to. And I could, and right. there were phases actually. In high school, when I was very femme, mm -hmm. this is me wearing my hair down, um, that I was told people didn't like my voice because I came from New York. And I had some friends who said, you talk bad. Where you was know, this? Like, that you, where where, where were you at this time? Like, oh, it, so this yeah. is from New York to Montreal. Yeah. And I had some friends who said, like, because at home, I have brothers who speak even more aggressively New York slash Jewish than me, but mm -hmm. it was like, so I was like navigating the space where everybody spoke really eloquently at my school. And that at home we were like back in the shtetl, back in like the community, whatever. And so I, I, I did used to think about my voice a lot more. Mm -hmm. And I think in the way that teenage girls and boys are probably conscious of a lot of like, you're super conscious of things. Whereas yeah, like now, I don't think about things as much. Like I don't think about how I'm sitting. How like when I was, let's say, like when I was trying to be more girly, I would constantly think about how I'm sitting. Like, oh, don't mm -hmm. sit like that. It's too boyish. Or don't sit like this. Or don't talk like that. It's ugly. Enunciate this word like this. I used to say the word, you know, for orange. I would say orange, but I trained myself out of it. I said I say orange now. Because nobody said you still orange. Say or you don't say orange anymore? No, I say orange. What about that? What about this? What about this? What do you call this? This clear stuff you drink? Water. Oh, you don't say water? No. I, like, my accent is so shifted from mm -hmm. 
I, I've literally given it so much thought when I was in high school because I just wanted to not sound ugly, if that makes sense. But that makes I, sense. I was told that. And so now it's ended like some people are like, where are you from? Like now it's just an amalgamation of whatever, but at least I don't have to think about it. I don't really care, you know, where it's coming from, where the influence is, or my family or these people. Like I, I just talk and it's a lot more free. But where I do you say you're from then? You, so, you say you're from uh, New York or from Montreal? I'm from both. Where did you, where were you like in around like 12 to 14, 15? I feel yeah, like those years. I was years in Montreal. Most... I was in so Montreal. That that's when more... I got, yeah. I'm definitely like more, it's funny. I always was more Canadian and now I've been back in the U.S. enough years that it's probably split half, half. And right. I don't know where the U.S. will end up. What do you mean? Like a month? I, I don't know. What I do you don't mean? Know what are you talking about? I, I don't know. About... I don't know where all, you know, I don't know what happens November 3rd. Well, what's happening November 3rd? The election. Wait, what do you mean? Okay, I can't with you. <laughs> but you know was, what, it's I, was... nice. I, I really, I, it's funny, no matter where I've been, when I was in New York, when I was, when I was in the US, everybody calls me Canadian. Like you were mm -hmm. like, she's Canadian. I'm very known as Canadian. And then when I'm in Canada, I'm very known as American. That's common, though. I think that's a common thing to happen for people who are really? have like a duality to them is because you sound just Canadian enough to make it you sound Canadian. Right. But then if you go to Canada, you don't sound Canadian enough. It's like people who it's like anyone who has any type of mixture in them. It's always like they feel both sides of them um, reject the side that the other side. Right. You know I mean? It's like a thing. It's that's super common for like, especially with people who are like mixed race. A lot of times they say that it's like, you know, not black enough to be black, not white enough to be white kind of thing. So you feel yes. like you're in this weird spot. But I, yes. in your case, okay. it's like this thing where, you know, Canada and New York are to some extent not, not super different. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I have this duality. To yeah, me, I see. I have a similar duality, but mine's different. Mine's more what? like, uh, well, my mom is from the South. She grew up in Louisiana. And my dad is like a, you know, hardcore Northern Minnesota, Wisconsinite. So it's like, you know, I grew up hating Minnesota because like my mom would talk shit about Minnesota so much because she was such a recent transplant from the South. Even though I was born there and I grew up there, in my mind, I'm always like, man, these these Minnesota people suck. And it's like, I'm a fucking, I'm a Minnesotan. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like always like these these conflicting things. I always forget that I'm kind of half redneck. Like I just always forget that. I love that about I'm, you, though. And I'm really—I was in the South recently, and I fucking love it. I was there for two months in Georgia, which I really liked. But it's funny yeah. that you said that your mother—that your mother did this because my father would visit Montreal and call it a shithole. You know? Yes, that's he what like, happens. He was very there. like into insulting. Like we never saw the dude, and then we come be like. Look at this shithole. And Montreal is actually like a stunning city. Like now oh, it's having lived in like all these cities, it's like Montreal is such a sick place to be from that I'm like so proud to be from there. But like, yeah, mm -hmm. grow, like moving to Canada and then like my dad reinforcing how shitty it was, even though it was great. And that's something I learned generally about Americans talking about Canada. It's like, they're like, it sucks. It's like, what sucks that they care about people? Like actually nothing really, it's like beautiful there's it's compassion great. there. It's at least a government trying. Like you don't feel like it's the same. Like <laughs> you know, the issues are not yeah. abortion. They're like regular. They're evolved issues that you're talking about, and they're frustrating. But you're not starting at square one. It feels like. Yeah. 
And, but my dad would come exactly like your mother. He'd be like, you still in that shithole piece of shit. Can't like, <laughs> why? Like your 10 kids live here. You're nowhere to be found. Like, what is this strategy? It's the weirdest thing. Where was he? My dad was in California in LA. So is he like working or something? Or is he sort of like separate from the family? Like he like, uh, he was separate. Absconded. I mean, he, was, he, was, he was working. Um, but he has, my dad has some issues. Oh, really? That's weird. Wait, you're a comedian and you have parents that have issues. Yeah. That's interesting. My dad is, I don't know where my father is now. Um, he is somewhere in and around wow. Vegas. So what you don't, um, how long has it been since you've known where he is? Um, I don't know. I think, you know, it's really hard for me. Time with my dad is very hard for me to place a finger on because it's so yeah. blurry. But I think for eight years, I haven't heard from my dad. Wow, Something that's crazy. Like that. And I think as of five years ago, I knew he moved somewhere outside of Vegas. I think he's living in a motel or something to this extent. So So is that by by your choice or is that by both of you or is it no, sort of somewhere in between? He's still a very religious Hasidic Jewish man. You um, said uh, you said Hasidic? Yeah, he he's Hasidic. That's what we were born. Um, so you grew up in the Hasidic community? Yeah, originally. That's interesting. Wow. And there, my my dad is is still Hasidic though he has a lot of contradictions. He really bends the rules when it's convenient for him now. He didn't when we were younger, but that's pretty common, isn't it? Stuff. Isn't that like I, a thing? I think that it is common, but I think the way that he's living his life is not common. I think he he dates outside. Of, I, I I don't know what he's. I, I honestly yeah. almost know nothing about this topic right now, but um, yeah, I think Did he's it? somewhere outside there, and I think he's really? still pretty religious and. It's a bit of my choice, a bit his choice. He's very problematic that I can't. It's one of those things where it's just not healthy for him to be in my oh, life yeah. because he's not. 100%. He's, you know, he hasn't earned that. He's lost the privilege of of getting to know me because he's just so problematic the last few times I've spoken to him. So you grew up in the Hasidic community. Does that mean that it was mostly your dad driving that? And when he was out of the picture, then it started, you guys yeah. lived, started living differently? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And and we're still Jewish. Like I said, like right. we're very Jewy. And in fact, a lot of my customs and traditions, when I go to a house that's Jewish and they have different songs and they're not like uh -huh. religious tunes that I learn, I'm like, this ain't it. I'm so, cause I was, when I first moved to Los Angeles, I was just fascinated by the Hasidic community. Cause I'd never seen anything like that before in my entire life. You know, I, I traveled a, a good amount when I was uh, younger, but I just had never seen something like the dichotomy of like seeing, you know, these dudes with these, these massive, the, the massive hats on and on like a super hot day, like next, just sort of like the, uh, the, 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 the dichotomy was what really made me think about it so much. And it's something yeah, where it's I like, always say I just like, couldn't imagine yeah. growing up that way. It's so interesting. It's just like so interesting to me because it's, so different than anything I'd ever experienced until I was an adult. It's like, to me, it's like, well, I've um, said this before, but it's like, you know, Jews, I always say are so stupid. And, and I've said this probably in a podcast just to explain that dichotomy because a lot of people are interested in it. It's like, we're not the first people to segregate or have fanatic sex. Mm -hmm. You know, there are fanatic sex that exist and, you know, there's Mormonism and, Oh yes, yeah. and and many other you know religious people who don't like outside temptation, who want to live in isolated communities, who want um you know who want to 
uh, be free of temptations of the modern world yeah. and things like that. And they go to Utah. Perfect. Beautiful place to isolate, surrounded by mountains. Nobody's there. Excellent. Jews will try and segregate in the middle of fucking Los Angeles. Pico Robinson. Perfect. Yeah. You know, like morons. Like, so you're supposed to be a kid walking around. Yeah. With blinders on, but there's like, you know, one direction posters up and stuff like that. So it's it very is different. very interesting that we, you know, Jews can't get away from the commerce side of the world. So we live within commerce, but we want to separate. So, you know, because Jews make their money in things that aren't, that don't require school because they do their own schooling. They mm-hmm. don't really go to higher education. I'm talking when I say Jews, I mean, ultra religious Jews. So they're mm-hmm. in sales, they're in real estate, they're in things where that's how they can make their money, where you don't need that higher education. So that's why they're in cities. Um, and they, you know, they typically have big families to support. So uh, it's a very weird, it is a, a, an extreme dichotomy to segregate in a massive city, yeah. New York, fucking LA. Um, but I think, aren't there other people like where you're from? And I've never been there. Um, I don't think at least. Are there Mennonites or yeah, there's Mennonites? Other, like what's Mennonites? Mennonites is Mennonites Amish like type Amish people? basically. Yeah. Okay, but so you've seen that. Yeah, I would you would see sometimes you'd see them at the there's a place called Fleet Farm. It's like a big store, like a Walmart, but it's more for farm stuff. You'd see Mennonites in the farm store sometimes. And uh sometimes for, for a field trip at school, like fifth or sixth grade, you'd go to the Mennonite area and you like you know buy apple pie and baskets and stuff and they teach you about mennonite way of life um which is super interesting because i remember hearing like oh, there's there's no mirrors no so mirrors. Kinds of cra- yeah there's no mirrors allowed except for like the the father will have like a very small mirror for shaving like a very very small one just small enough to there's also no engraven images like this idea where you don't make anything that has like a um like a face or any type of, like, like a doll, you never give like a doll or like a, uh, to a kid in the Mennonite community. Cause it's considered to be, and some, some people will be even be like, Oh, what if we take the face off? Like, no, it's just no, no engraven image. Cause it has and, to do and with also, of... Don't give a child a doll without a face on it. That's petrifying. Yeah. That's horrific. Well, don't do that. Make, make your own face, do your own face on there. But... No, do your own weird melty Chucky doll face. Fuck out of here. No, thanks. Well, I that stuff was all the country. Teddy bear though, you know? When I when I grew up, somebody gave me a teddy bear. I got a teddy bear, family friend a gift, and right. I had to right away give the teddy bear back because Why is bears are thing? not kosher. So even oh, in it's like even in and a symbol of a non-kosher wow. animal is not allowed. So because That's bears crazy. aren't kosher, so you know what you know what stuffed animal if you're Hasidic. The only Disney stuffed animal that Hasidic people love, well, there's a couple probably, but the biggest one is Donald Duck. Duck is kosher, so. Duck's we never special? have Mickey Mouse around, right. things like that. But but Donald Duck was a big, is very big Hasidic culture. Just let you know that everybody's so, got a Donald Duck. Really? Yeah. What 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 makes? Because it's not like a. Is it kosher in the sense where obviously some animals you don't eat, like you would never have a pig, right? That's definitely not kosher. But other animals aren't kosher by way of. Just generally, or as as a food item, they're not considered kosher. Well, all animals are food, and I don't know if you've you've watched Alone recently, but if you watch History Channel's Alone, which I highly recommend, enough of it. Okay, Um, you notice that all animals are food. There aren't animals that aren't food. We tend to not. You can eat a bear, and Mm -hmm. and they did. You know, the people do eat bear. 
Um, maybe not anymore. I don't know what hunting laws are, but at a given time, at any time in history, every animal is food. There's no such thing that some yeah, animals aren't food. Enough, food. It's a food. So kashrut, kosherness, um, affects... What is that? Kashrut is, is, is the... Is that the Yiddish word uh, is for the um, structure of kosher, of what, what okay. makes something kosher. Kosher just stems... Kosher is just... It's both. It's it's laws that apply humanity to the consumption of meat. Mm -hmm. So what I mean, or the consumption of food, it just applies humanity. It's more of a conscious way of of eating. So, for instance, why a lot of things are kosher. People don't know why Jews don't or kosher Jews. Um, and I think it's very similar for halal um, in mm -hmm. Islam, but why? why kosher Jews don't eat milk and meat. And it's not for anything but to say, but to apply, but to be moral. So it's to say that when you eat meat, you shouldn't, when you eat beef, when you eat cow, you shouldn't then wash it down with the liquid it feeds its young with. It's disrespectful. Mm -hmm. That's the only yeah. reason we don't mix milk and meat is because we're trying to be respectful. Okay, we need an animal that is clean. So choose its cud and, you know, something, an animal that also takes pride in its cleanliness. We have a lot of cleanliness. You know, we have rituals around that. So right. there's a lot of things that, like, I think probably were healthy for that reason, that only eating clean animals or animals that clean themselves is probably at a time was healthier. I think there are ways now to clean animals and stuff Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. Yeah, but it's, it's I think a, it stemmed from a little bit of that, a little bit of what was healthy and what is moral. Mm -hmm. And they kind of blend together at some point because it's yeah. like if you're if you're being healthy, you're taking care of your your corporal vessel. Yeah. So you still keep kosher? I don't. You don't. I so don't keep kosher. But I've, let, I've let me change my headphones real quick. Once I have to change these out because. Hi, it's Robbie Hoffman, the host of the Johnny Pemberton podcast. I can't hear you. You are here no, I can with hear my you. guest, Johnny. Uh, yes, welcome, guest event. JP. Um, that's what I'm super interested in is when is when like the when people start very religious and they become not so religious. That to me is like I don't know. I'm just so fascinated by that. Yeah, I think so I was kosher. I was kosher till late. I was kosher till about nineteen. I broke my okay. kosherness on um, an egg McMuffin. Really? Um, as a child, I always wanted a nugget if I could just get my hands on a nugget. A chicken nugget. Yes. Um, and then it was it was Passover. I had just had an exam, mm -hmm. um, and it was an early morning exam. I think the exam was like eight to ten. One of those. I had the exam. Oh. Crushed the exam. McDonald's was still open. I was like, fuck it. I'm starving. There's no kosher food in the vicinity. Mm -hmm. Never mind kosher for Passover, which is a whole other set of kosher laws that are. Right. It's even harder core. Yeah. And I just bought, and it was like beyond delicious. Damn. And I had it for a month straight. I, I, I was going every day. In fact, I would. Having egg muffin every day? Yes. And it was delicious. That's cool. And I worked at McDonald's <laughs> that summer 
Randomly. Wait, you worked at McDonald's after you broke kosher as like a thing where you were yes. so dedicated to McDonald's. I don't like, know. I gotta I work know. here. It was like the best. I gotta get a I job know. here. It was it's like, like okay. you're like a. It's like you're a crackhead who just became a drug dealer. That's like I got. I gotta get closer to this shit. Literally, but like I was working at that cafe with that with that Australian guy, oh, who God. I was just like he he was out of my mind and then we met mm-hmm. these cute guys who worked at mcdonald's and they said mcdonald's was offering 11 dollars an hour and we were only making like truly eight dollars an hour so it was a huge bump to work at this oh, mcdonald's yeah. so we just went to the mcdonald's and we got hired and i ate mcdonald's every single day for like three months <laughs> twice a day and I fucking yeah. loved it. I had no, I've never watched Supersize Me, but the one I was told to watch it, and I was like, you're not going to turn me off McDonald's right now. I need this. Yeah. And I literally, this is what I did for three months, and I had truly no regrets. How do you feel about McDonald's now? I, I treat my, I think McDonald's, hands down, is the best taste wise, taste wise only, best restaurant in the world. And that's why there's so many. Okay. Hold on a second here. Wait a second. I have to play some sort of a triumphant. I wish I had some trumpets I could play right now. Dun, 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 dun. I couldn't agree more. I think the people who talk shit about McDonald's are they're lying. Yeah. And they're like and they're like empirically wrong because to say that McDonald's is gross and bad is like to be saying that like a, a huge team of food scientists developed a thing that tastes amazing and you're going to say that they're wrong yeah no it tastes wise it's tastes the best outstanding in the world in the world it's great that's why there's so many of them there's not yeah. a million sugar fish i love sugar fish but there's a reason there's not a billion of them okay these are mm-hmm. business people believe me if they had market they would open it there's market yeah. for this much mcdonald's that's so good it tastes because like you said it's chemical it's it's it's, it's, it's science, chems. you know it's chems um, baby so that's how I feel. I do treat myself. When I was starting comedy, there was this really bad mic that I would do. Actually, it's, it ended up being a better mic than that. I'm being hard. But there was a mic that I would do every Monday, but it stressed me out. This is in New York? This is Montreal. Is Montreal. And I would treat myself to McDonald's before that. So that I was doing that once a week. I was mm-hmm. having McDonald's once a week. Now I probably have McDonald's as a treat once a month. Maybe I'm, once I'm every on, two months, but I'm I'll do the same plan as you. We're it pretty much on the same McDonald's plan. Yeah, and and I do love it as a treat, and it's like it's like if I've had a great meeting or if I'm going to something, um, and I'm like I plan, I'm like I'm gonna do this, then I'm gonna go have McDonald's. Like it's it's something that I incorporate into the day as like a treat day. I did it as a thing when we had because uh, I I'm not t- I'm technically Catholic, but I don't really do anything. I don't go to mass or anything. But when when we have Lent, it's like, oh, I might as well do Lent. And basically Lent I use as an excuse to have a fish fillet every Friday. It's like if I do Lent, then I, I can uh, participate in Lent by having McDonald's. But that's but but that is what it is. It's all a negotiation yeah. and you do what you can. It's funny because I'm learning a lot about Catholicism, somebody I'm seeing, and it's like Catholicism. Justin Bieber posted recently, and I don't know if he's Catholic, but he's very. He's not Catholic. He is not Catholic. That boy is like one of those non-denominational Christian, like hoorah. He's a he's a jeans church kind of guy. Right. So his church pastor, he posts like videos. I've seen those shits. And like for me, this is like when I learn about 
any type of Christianity, like watching these videos, it's like the guy will be like, and you are born a sinner. And you're lucky that Jesus even looks at you and we are not worthy. We are not worthy that he mm -hmm. looks at us. It's like such a submissive, like, like Jesus is this like dom, like, you know, sadomasochist guy or something. And like all the people, I'm like, dude, are you good? Like everybody's like, you're not worthy. Like he's, you're born. I'm like, why were you born? What'd you do? I'm like, it's a baby. And like, it's like this whole idea in Christianity that like you're Original submissive sin. to, and like, you're not worthy and you're not holy mm -hmm. enough. And like in Judaism, it's like so opposite. Like our rabbi will get up there and be like, and the Jew is like a diamond and a diamond is special and it is rare. <laughs> and the only thing that can hurt another diamond or cut another diamond is another diamond. Another diamond. Like we're like That's... so brought up. Like it's yeah. like wild. And God has chosen you. You know, and it's like, so like maybe that's why we have our, mm -hmm. like maybe that's why there's only 14 million Jews in the world that you know of us is because we actually like have, we're actually like have this overconfidence to some extent where we're like, we don't feel that we're indebted. We do feel like God likes us. He's, you know what I mean? Like, like we're special. Like we're told the things that like probably our Jewish parents should have told us. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good balance because when you go home, it's like your mother's like, you think you're special? You're not. But then the rabbi was like, you are. You are special. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's a good balance. And maybe uh, Christians have the opposite balance. Well, not so much cr not Christians, but Catholics. Because cr I think there's a definite distinction between Christians and Catholics. Catholic yeah. Christians can be anything, but Catholics are like, that's like the real deal. That's a hardcore. There's all this stuff in Catholicism I thought was generic across Christianity. And I found out later after, you know, like, like high school or something like, oh, not everyone does incense. Not everyone does like this weird, like sort of ritualistic shit. Right. It's all Catholic. It's all this, all these weird, like ritual type things that feel kind of pagan. That's Catholic. Like normal, like Baptists don't do that shit. Fucking Episcopalians. Sometimes Episcopalians do it, but like the, the normal kind of boring Christians, they don't do weirdo like invocations and shit. There's not, it doesn't go on. I see. I, I like, draw a lot of that to Judaism, like the incense stuff. We have something yeah. for Shabbos where we do samim, which is like this smelling kind of incense. There's right. so many things where I look at at Catholic or baptism, and we have the mikvah, which is a ritual bath mm -hmm. that we take. There's a lot, you know. Even when I look at Christmas lights, I go, "Why do you guys have lights? It's for the festival yeah. of lights." We yeah, have, it's all kind of the we, same as you know, it's, it's like all same. like, yeah, it's the same. And but you guys do as many, you do all the rituals too. We do all the rituals as well. Yeah. So Catholics just, uh, they just get drunk as much as humanly possible. I love and that. I love religion. That have, you got to have, if you're going to be doing religion, you got to have the alcohol. You, yeah. You, you need something, something to, yeah, balance it out. But um, I love ritual. You know, I'm very ritualistic in my own life. Probably mm -hmm. from that, I have like, like the McDonald's once a week when I did that, you know, I, I, you make your own rituals and I do love traditions and things like that. So that's probably what I hold with me closest now for it all. So how did you, how did your family, I just keep going back to this because I want I'm just curious about it, but the whole thing where, so you grew up Hasidic in Montreal or yeah, in, in New York, in New York in then Montreal. And in Montreal, we were less religious. How did my right. family take me coming out? But, well, I mean, that is interesting, but I'm, I guess I'm before that, like, how did your family, because I guess what I, what I don't understand is like 
if you're Hasidic, there's sort of, there's a certain code of things, right? There's certain things you do and don't do, or is it more gray than I'm thinking? Is it like a very, you can be we kind of more gray. In. No, the, okay. you, the code is right. But my mother did something very brave and unlike she left. Okay. So she left. Yeah. So, so we had this gray area for a while where it was like, my dad wasn't around. Mm -hmm. What is allowed? My grandfather was very anti-religion this is your mom's yes father? so my okay. mom's who was jewish in the way that i'm jewish but very not fanatic he it's right him, he had lost his daughter to this she had radicalized at a young age she wasn't born ultra orthodox and he right. loved her and he was very close to her and you know not to compare it to isis but, you know, when, when you hear stories now of, like, this regular kid from Minnesota yeah. picked up and joined the movement, it's like, that is what he felt. Obviously, a nonviolent movement. Obviously, yeah. the stakes are different. I'm not comparing them at all. I think the Hasidic people are generally nonviolent, um, which is a big distinction. Um, but, yeah, so there was this, there was for sure this gray area um i think by the time i came out it was like everybody was doing their own like it really i was actually outed how old were you bitch carrie i was 19 when i was outed 19 so and it was before or after mcdonald's like in that phase so it was like the same time. This was like a real rum spring. No, so you. it was right after McDonald's because I was still closeted okay. at McDonald's. Right. I was dating secretly a Catholic girl, Catholic Italian girl. Makes sense. Who like literally I want to say her name because her name is fantastic. But every mm -hmm. time I, if I've ever mentioned her, she like comes at me. She's like, why'd you mention my name? Oh, Sarah Sharona? No, she's okay. mental. No, but it's like a wild name i guess i can say a last name can i sure. say a last name you can say whatever you want gucciardi oh that's italiano italian catholic like literally had a crucifix over her bed wow okay like this twin bed like out of a mm. horror movie to me twin bed crucifix i had my own apartment jenny i'm going why are we at this house she kept like wanting to like split the time that we spend a lot of time at your apartment. Come to mind. I'm like, but you live with your parents with this cross. How like, did you why? meet her? I met her at school. But like, how did you know? Because that's interesting to me. If you're both closeted. So she wasn't. She was some fucked up okay. freak at the time. She was wearing lots of layers. Somebody who wore like leggings, jean shorts, like socks, like fucking. <laughs> jean shorts. Yeah. Like just like very layery. I can't explain. Right. And she also would spray paint. She was very, uh, like, bad to me. She smoked weed. So these are, like, indicators to you? The indicators no, to you? No, there was no indicators to me. There was no indicator. She was just, like, a punk. And I was really good at two-shoes. And I, uh, for me, I was very, at this point, focused on school. I was good at school. And I, like, had, had I had, um, I had leaned into the idea that school would get me out of my situation. School would bring me the successes that I needed yeah. in my life. So I was very committed to school and she was very like, whatever. You wanted whatever, a piece whatever. of this wild child. You wanted to have some of this like craziness. Well, I'll tell you, she wanted a piece of me. I didn't go near that. Okay? Oh, so she, she attacked you. So we were, you remember MSN chat? Did you have chat? 
Uh, we did MSN. I had a uh, you had an AIM, AOL. AOL, yeah, right. AOL, but in, in Montreal, it was MSN. Same thing, same thing. We would aim. We we would MSN all night. She was texting me. I, I didn't know like what was going on. And then she told me once. So we were like friends in the class because we were in a very small class. It was like this mm -hmm. Socrataic type of English learning class where it was like couches and it was like this like whole Jesus. program that the school offered. Wow. It actually was a gifted program. You had to apply to get it. And it's not nothing anyway. Well, we didn't have that. No, there's no gifted program in Catholic school. No, this was already not high school. This is uh, college. Oh, this is college. Yes. Okay. So in Montreal, wow. they have this thing after high school, which is like pre-college. Wow. which you have to do for two years. It only exists in Quebec. It's called CJEP. So you graduate high school in 11th grade. You have two years of CJEP and th three years of university. CJEP? CJEP. Is that an acronym? I don't know what the hell it is. It's, you have is to it do like two a, years. Is it a word or is it an acronym? Is it like CJEP? I don't know. It might be. It might be some French acronym. God, I really okay. don't know. But anyway, it's like a pre-college. It, it makes you right. determine. It's actually a smart thing when you think about it. It's like, so when you, super go, smart. when you go to college... You actually know what you want to do. Yeah, you don't waste all your time being like, you know. You doing get to try this, stands. that, and the other. Yeah, before you commit to your major. So I met her there. She was texting, texting, texting. One day out of nowhere, she goes, For my gym, I have camping. You had to take a gym. So I said, Okay, whatever. Like, never heard of it. Like, to, I mean, yeah. we don't camp, you know? So, I mean, there's the camps. We don't want to do that. So. Oh. She goes, there's a girl in my tent. There's like a cute girl in my tent. Should I kiss her? And I was like, what? What are you fucking gay? And I literally like blocked and deleted her. Go to Ooh. class the next day. I'm like, this person's like out of her mind. I'm like, why would yeah. you even say that? Like I literally like, could not for the life of me comprehend. I never had a gay thought in my, th in my life. I felt like, like it, now I look back and there's signs, but I really didn't. I was very much a kid for the time that I was yeah. a kid. Um, and then she talked to me again in school. I said, don't say none of that shit to me again. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you, you got to be normal. If we're going to be friends, you got to be normal. Like, I, I, I can't take any of your weirdness. I don't know what's happening with the graffiti. I'm not getting arrested, okay? I'm here on scholarship. I'm about to do this right, and that's it. You know, I don't have this house going back to with the cross over my bed and everything else to keep me safe. So we get to talking again. Anyway, end of the class, end of the year, the teacher in like a very cool teacher fashion takes us out to Fufun Electronique, which is like a punk bar in the city. It's right Fufu next to Fufun Electronique. It's, it's right oh. by, if you are in the city, if you're near Just for Laughs, uh, it's actually a bar right there. That So I was Just for Laughs this past summer, no big deal. But I got to walk from Club Soda to this other venue and pass Fufunella Clinique, which is very unique. Like I'm from Montreal and then getting the festival. It's like people don't really know that. You know, you get the festival here and then it's like I actually have this whole history in Montreal. So it is really nice to go back and like sure, yeah. experience it as an outsider and live in a hotel in a city that I'm like from. Yeah. Um, but we went to the bathroom. Uh, I went to the bathroom. At one point, she followed me to the bathroom and just kissed me. And I'm like, out of my mind. And then I, I was like, it was like open in the bathroom. And I'm like, at least close the door. Mm -hmm. We go into a stall and close the door. 
and 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 then and that was it that was my first kiss and i i couldn't believe it it was like so i could still remember it like it feels exactly how it should feel to kiss i used to be so, so nervous with guys and, and really not know mm -hmm. like i would be so nervous i'd have like one-on-one -on -one with a guy and i would be talking to my friend shania i'd be like but what do you talk about like I would like go into like a date with a guy like with topics because I like it wouldn't come naturally. I wouldn't know how to flow. Yeah. And I'm like, but what do you talk about with a guy? Like I, I just I I couldn't. And then with her, it just was totally natural. So then you came out after that. So then somebody saw it. So then we got sloppy. We got sloppy. We mm -hmm. were out at the student bar at Mad Hatters. Okay, we were doing, she, we were getting a raspberry flavored beer at Brutopia and we were making out in the bathroom and doing this. And there's a lot of students at these places. In Montreal, you can drink from like 12. Like everybody's out. Like you're all out. You're like 18, 19. Like there's no drinking age, basically. It's 18, yeah, but nobody cares. So we get out of a stall from a makeout where um, we separate from our embrace. And this girl, Carrie, and she knows her last name. She sees us. And she went to my high school. She went to my Jewish, or like, you know, she's like part of the Jewish community. Yeah. So I'm like, it's over. Like, it, you know, it's over. And she started telling everybody. And I started getting texts and stuff like, hey, I'm hearing some stuff about you. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if it's really true. I had my... uh my best friend, Allie, at the time, shout out to Allie Quinn. She gave me this bracelet when I was 16. I haven't taken it off since. Oh, it's nice. She she reached, it says, love Allie. I need, to get into this. I need to start wearing some jewelry. I think that's a good good move. It looks nice. Love, love Allie. Allie. See that? Damn. Anyway, she called me. She said, I'm hearing some things. Either way, I want to let you know that I love you. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, true or not. I support you. I love you, which a lot of people didn't. I had friends who said, we can't be friends anymore. I had very close minded friends. I had friends. Yeah. I had a friend whose brother was like the gayest thing that ever was, but he was like closeted. And she was like, I just don't agree with your lifestyle. Isn't it, isn't the, uh, isn't homosexuality treated? I mean, obviously it's not, it's not a thing at all about in the Hasidic community, right? It's very, no, not at very all. Much taboo. But is it in like in like the greater Jewish tradition? It's not as big of a deal, is it? It's not as big of a deal anymore, and it also depends the community. Like still, when you're a kid in high school, it's different, so it's bad. It's not when you grow up. Yeah. It doesn't like it's getting better every year. Is the thing? It's really getting better every year. But there's gay rabbis, right? Yeah, there's gay rabbis now. It's crazy I mean, to me that like... there wasn't when I was younger. Okay, this so that's all very pretty recent. Yeah, and they're 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 less religious. They're not less religious sects, but they're less fanatic sects that have that. So I was yeah. part of like my school was conservative, so they still were not great with that yeah. stuff. Like there weren't, there's not conservative gay rabbis, really. Right. There, you know, so either are reform or, you know, there's other like sects of Judaism that allow for it. But what my school was a very traditional Jewish school, there wasn't. So. Dang. Yeah. So then it was like a lot of uh, was friction on the home front or not so much? Because it's kind of like you kind of did the no, stuff. You had my, McDonald's. Yeah. My home, I was mostly like, it was like the community. Like at this point, like I was living outside of the home. I just like didn't mm -hmm. want my mom to be surprised. So I was like, hey, ma, I got a girlfriend. She's blonde. 
And she was like, does she want to come for Shabbos? I'm like, nobody wants to come here. So it was actually <laughs> very um, supportive. Now, unfortunately, my mother has since, my mother was addicted to uh, cults, unfortunately. So my mother has since oh. become a Messianic Jew. She is Jews for Jesus. Is that what that is? Messianic Jews, Jews for Jesus? Yes. Um, I don't know how big into it she is because she's still relatively private about it because she knows, mm -hmm. like, I'm like, Ma, we just want you to be happy. We don't mm -hmm. care what it is. But my mother is the kind of person, you know, like if you, her religion plan is if you hand her a pamphlet at the end of an escalator in the subway, she's in. Like, <laughs> she, like she's in. She That's will cool. give you no more than $30 a month. And she'll hold a Bible study at her house. These are the things that my mother will contribute. Um, Sounds like a very nice person. Usually those are always very nice people. Unbelievable person. She's really kind, wouldn't hurt a fly. And the thing is, is people tell her who to hate. My mother doesn't hate anyone. So now she's like yeah. technically anti-gay. Wow, that's tough. You know, but I know yeah. she's not really. So it's like, I know that she's been put upon yeah, in this been... way to say like, you have to not like this thing. But she doesn't actually. Right. So it's like, you know, yeah. it, it, it's really interesting. But yes, my That's mother crazy. is unfortunately back in something. that, And it's not nearly as fanatic. And so it's fine yeah. for us. It doesn't feel terrible. And it's her life. And she can do whatever gives her the structure that makes her feel happy. Um, but my mother definitely likes to be part of you know, people fall in love with people. She falls in love with communities. So The cool thing about this is everything you've told me is all like, guess what you got? You got a career in comedy all because of all that crazy shit. It is Isn't that it funny is. how that works? It's like all that stuff you said is just so, it's just so indicative of someone who went into comedy. It's like, so the older I get, the more I see all this stuff to be like, man, I don't know what it'd be like, what I'd be doing if I didn't have like a weird upbringing, you know? I feel like, what, what what do you think you'd be doing if you didn't have that weird stuff? Do you think you'd be like a like a fucking architect or some boring shit? I think I could be a rabbi. You think you would be a rabbi? Though? I think, I think like now, like if, if if all went to hell, I might become a rabbi of like the first mega synagogue. I would be into that. Yeah. What, what, about, what like... about like what about not like um. Not like now, if, but I'm talking like alternate reality. Like you were brought up. Well, I was an accountant. I mean, I, I graduated school. I was in finance and accounting. So there you go. That's the answer. You were, yeah. I was an accountant when I first started. <laughs> you know, so, uh, I mean, I wanted to be secure financially. That was yeah. like my biggest goal ever. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't even know comedy was a thing. I'm also not the person who's like, uh, like, I'm obsessed with comedy. Like, I, I'm more burdened by comedy. Like I have to do this. Like I, I truly wouldn't oh, yeah. do this if I if I didn't have to do it. But I feel like I feel exactly I the same. Have way. Exactly to do same. it. Like and everyone yeah, knows I, I have do it, to do it. Like this is my cross to bear. Like this has been put upon me. I don't want to go out here and be out at 10 p.m. and be doing this. It's like, but I have to do it because this is my calling. I do mm -hmm. wish there was a lady on the plane watching Mall Cop too. Okay, right. not Malka, Kevin James, shout out, who I love in King of Queens. I still think it's one of the greatest shows. But Kevin James, Mall Cop 2. I've never seen Mall Cop 1. I don't know if you need to see one to see the other. Probably anyway, not. Anyway, a nothing movie, okay? This lady had her Pinot Grigio. This is just before the pandemic, by the way. On the plane, she's watching Johnny. Every setup, like she was like out of her, like, 
when the punchlines hit, she was like, the Pinot was going everywhere. Like she was dying of laughter. Okay. And I was just so envious of this lady that it takes nothing for her to enjoy. It takes me so much to enjoy. I have upped the ante on what feeds me. It's like, I'm surfing for hours to find something. She's the kind of person that's like suggested to her. She's like, Oh, how do they know? And like, she clicks it and she is in it to win it. And it's like, I do wish I didn't need that much to feel stimulated or to feel happy or to feel feel exactly the same way. I think it's a product of, it's actually a good thing. Cause I was thinking about this. I don't know, like maybe in the last year thinking about this, I was like, why is so much of this stuff? I just can't stand it. I find it so boring and just so like, 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 I don't, I don't even get it. Like I just truly don't get so much stuff. And it's not like that. I don't get it. It's more just like, it's so uninteresting to me that I feel like I don't understand it because it's just different. And I think that's just the, the, not so much burden, but it's just the, uh, the fact of like, if you're growing and doing new things and trying to challenge yourself, that's just part of it. It's like that, uh, you know, that old saying, um, it's something my mom used to say, it takes the older I get, it takes twice as long to look half as good because you have to put on more makeup and stuff. It's like some like, you know, old Southern lady saying, but I feel like it's the same way with like comedy or everyone to call it. It just takes more effort to get something that's half as novel as it used to be just because it's like, it's like a mine or something where the last half of the thing is the hardest to get because it just takes so much more, so much more effort to, to find it. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's it's, important. It's and, 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 and on the other note though, I'm also so curious. I'm so, I'm still so childlike in my curiosity and, and also I'm very easy to please in many other ways, you know, like I've never flown a kite. I really want to do that. You know, like there's things like that. I guess the way I grew up, like I'm still so easily, we didn't, you know, if I didn't have it as a kid and I always wanted to do it, like, you know, I, I still take a lot of joy from small things at the same time. So it's either the most complex thing that ever was, or it's like, having a cone or it's like something yeah. so simple so like achievable you know like i, I never want to skydive what i think it might be part of the same thing because it's almost like the when you get older and your taste is more refined and you you have like a, a better handle on what you're looking at and thinking about simple things take on a greater joy because you're able to and I, I, you know, what I mean, I feel like there's something similar in that where like the simple things are better because they're simple. Yeah. Simplicity yeah. of the thing makes it great instead of like this weird, overly wrought thing. You see through the thing that's too overly wrought, and you're like, oh, I just want the really something really basic. Yeah, and that's really that good. goes back to McDonald's. It's like it's a simple, <laughs> great meal. No, for seven dollars, it's yeah. one of the greatest meals you could have in your life. It is. It's and great. It, you know what? I may have to order in my quarantine. I may have to treat myself right after this. I haven't planned it in my day. I feel like this right. is a an impulse McDonald's buy, which I which I'm against. I, I don't want it to be impulse. I want it to be tied to something. Um, but we did we, complete the podcast. That's an accomplishment, right? We tied it in. So, What's your go-to I, I, McDonald's meal? And then and then, unless you have an extra thing, uh, go-to McDonald's meal is probably fillet of fish. 
Wow. With fries. Yeah. Oh my God. That's like when people would order that. And actually a lot of like Mennonite people or people who came in in big groups, they always got the filet of fish. And I imagine yeah. it has something to do with kashrut or something, but, um, or their own eating dietary laws. I do the McChicken. Oh, okay. See, I prefer, if I don't do a filet of fish, I do like a cheeseburger, just a classic cheeseburger. Mm, the two cheeseburger meal is something else the too. Cheeseburger, I think the McDonald's cheeseburger is sort of like the, the founding Everything is built on the cheeseburger. Everything yeah, else is like extra cool thing, but the cheeseburger is like the pure. It's just yeah. You know what I mean, it's like I get it. I get it. Like That's money the purest home. pure. Johnny, thank you so much. Robbie, uh, you have a special people can watch, right? Yes, I have a Crave TV special. If you're in Canada, uh, it is on Crave. Robbie Hoffman. I'm nervous. It's my first hour. It's actually exceptional it's actually the first time i've ever done an hour ever and we filmed it um oh. and i feel uh you know listen you you say for yourself it happens to be a big hit but you see for yourself robbie hoffman i'm nervous if you are not in canada dm me on instagram robbie hoffman we will find a way to get you some access to that special you can use the vpn yeah, you can use a VPN or you can DM me, Robbie Hoffman on Instagram, R-O-B-B-Y. Hoffman like Dustin. I'm also on Twitter at I am Robbie Hoffman. Thanks for being here, Robbie. Thanks for having me, Johnny. Great talking to you. Great talking to you.